Good Nair Shabbos, Rabbi Yisrael, coming to you here with a very special edition of our Thursday night Chumash and Shanshir. Very special edition because A, it's not Thursday night anymore. B, there's no challenge right now. And C, we are coming to you live from Eretz Yisrael. Yes, that's right, it's a very special edition of the Parsha here coming from Eretz HaTzvi, Eretz HaKodesh. Uh, I did have Chalent last night with my son David. He took me to uh, what he tinted was the, the best Chalent in the base of Meisha'arim area. And there were certainly a lot of other Bachram that seemed to feel the same way because we were there at like midnight and the place was packed. So I got to Chalentan last night. The other had special uh, Parsha, Torah, I believe from Rabbi Aronson last night. But Shaloi Lehashir Saniyar Cholok to not leave this week unaddressed and unattended to. We are going to now have a special edition, of, if, if perhaps a briefer, of the Thursday night Chumash and Shalant Parashashir. Friday morning, the Shalant is now simmering on the Blech and coming from Eretz Yisrael. So, Parashas Truma. Parashas Truma, Rabbi Yisrael. Let's ask a few questions over here. Truma is called Truma because Truma means donations. And donations, if you want to, you know, learn what it means to, 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 uh, to have the opportunity to give, to donate, take a trip to Eretz Yisrael, hang out in any shtibel over there, Bar Hashem, Within minutes, within seconds, they schmeck you ice. Even if you lived in Erso for 20 years, you can, once you go to Chutzlars, you come back, they know right away, oh, this guy's from Philadelphia. Let's go, let's go, um, let's go introduce him to our worthy causes. So Truma's donations is what's up in the air and what's the part, what the parsha is all about. And as, as, as it's aptly named, the parsha begins with letting us know that we're beginning a major fundraising effort, a fundraising operation. We're going to be building the Mishkan. Dabra Ben the Truma. We're building the Mishkan. The Mishkan is going to be built on donations and donations from Kla Yisrael. Beautiful, amazing. Every person according to his generosity, the openness, the willingness, the givingness of his heart. That's how we're going to Tidnu as as Trumaschem. That's how we're going to build the Mishkan. And let's ask a question. Let's ask a question. As we say, the Yibayisham has so many means at his disposal and so many different ways that we can get the funds for the Mishkan. Certainly the Mishkan cost a lot of money. Make a chazan with the silver ingots and the gold coating for everything, the solid gold kalim, it costs cost quite a lot of money. Yet, yet, not too difficult for the Yibayisham to have, you know, funds for the Mishkan. We could have had a special instruction. We know that there was much more Bizui by Mitzrayim. What they collected in in Mitzrayim was, was didn't even compare to what they collected in the Amsov. We could have told had the Rebunshan tell Maishavenu, go we know with a special basket, have a special fund, a special Karen. And in Mitzrayim anyway, that Mitzrayim or by the Amsov, Maishavenu, go collect funds on behalf of me, on behalf of the Mishkan fund, collect a special Mishkan fund. No, like Klaus will keep their money and we'll have money set aside for the for the treasury. Of, of the Abishter, and that'll be the Mishkan funds. In other words, the question is like this. It, it seems that the Mishkan specifically had to be built from Klaisro's money. Go, you know, go, go solicit money. Go launch a fundraising campaign. Why do we need to ask getting for money? I mean, nowadays it's not a question at all. Because everybody needs money. If you're a Mysid, by definition, one of the definitions of a good shul, a good yeshiva, a good institution is that you're always in chayvus. If you're not in chayvus, that means you're doing something wrong. Because uh, you know how come you have how come you have uh, 
enough money to cover your budget. Are you, you must, vice vice, <coughs> something going on with your mindset over there. But by definition, any Jewish school, any Jewish institution is always in Chayvis, and you have to go around asking people for money. It's not geschmack to ask people for money. People don't always enjoy being asked for money. It's an ordeal. It's a process. To say that differently, it would always seem to be a bit of a bidi evit to have to come onto the tzibur. To have to start soliciting money, you know, begging for money, requesting money, is always a bit of a bidi evit. Any mason would love to be able to cover their budget without having to come onto communal funds, without having to, to, to shnorzuch. Why is it then that the Mishkan seems to be designed in such a way that we want communal money, we want Klaisol to give? And, and, and not only do we want them to give, it's going to have to be built from funds from the Tzibur. Why can't we have a public fund trust set up, a trust, a, a treasury? This is the Mishkan Gelt. This is the Mishkan money. This is the, the, the Maisa Mishkan. Why is it Daber of the Again, we see that the whole Parsha is called based on this. The whole theme of the whole Parsha is that the Mishkan is coming from our money. Why does it have to come from our money? Let it come from God's money. Why is that so central and so critical to the Mishkan? And clearly it is critical to the Mishkan. Let's ask another question. We know that one of the, you know, big items in the Mishkan, uh, was the Arn Kaidish, of course. The Arn Kaidish came in two pieces. It was the bottom part, was the, the chest itself, the top part was the lid, the Kapyrus, and we know on top of the Kapyrus, there were the Kruvim, yeah, the Kruvim on top of the Kapyrus. It's interesting, you know, these two Kruvim, cherubs in English, these two angelic, molten, um, you know, angelic figures, that were on top of the Arn Kaidish, actually have a series of lavin, a series of Torahic prohibitions that are customized just for the Kruvim themselves. It's interesting that what is obligatory in the Mishkan actually becomes a lavda, a raisa, outside the Mishkan. If you look at Rashi, look at the Psukim, the end of Parshish Yisrael, and you look at the Rashis over there, so the Psukim, at the end of Yisrael, they say the following. The end of Yisrael, we have... Um, We have the following psukim. Loisasun iti elehe chesef elehezov loisasu lochem. Don't make silver gods or golden gods for yourselves. Okay, it sounds like don't make, you know, idols. But Rashi explains, no, we're talking about the Kruvim. This is talking about the Kruvim. Rashi is saying, you're not allowed to make silver Kruvim in the Kodesh HaKadoshim on top of the Arn Kodesh. You're not allowed to make golden Kruvim outside the Kodesh HaKadoshim. You can't make golden Kruvim anywhere else. And in the Kodesh HaKadoshim, you have to make the Kruvim only exactly how I told you. There are, in short, special Isurim, Lavin, that the Torah made regarding Kruvim. So these Kruvim have a special Isser in duplicating them, replicating them, making them anywhere else outside the Kedusha Kedushim, you're not allowed to do it. It's, it's, and, and, and how does the Torah phrase it? You're not allowed to make these things. Which begs the question, if it is so prohibited to make these Kruvim, how are we making them in the Kedusha Kedushim? Well, what's this dichotomy, or not just this dichotomy, this paradox, that what is 
required, mandated to be made in the Kodesh HaKadoshim, you got to put the Kruvim on top of the Kapoiris. That's part of making the Mishkan. If you don't have it there, you don't have a, a valid Mishkan, you don't have a valid Arn Kodesh. What you're required to make over there, you're prohibited from making anywhere else. Where else do you have a lav like this? Such a strange lav. You're not allowed to make them anywhere else. Gosh, anywhere else you can't make these Kruvim. In the Arn Kodesh, on the Arn Kodesh, in the Kodesh HaKadosh, you have to make them anywhere else. It becomes a lav de Araisa of Loisasun. What's going on over here? Very strange. They're good or bad? Good things to make or bad things to make? So let's try to put all those questions together. Let's start with the second question first. Why is it that the Kruvim are, are chiv, an actual obligation to be made inside the Kodesh HaKadoshim? Outside, you're not allowed to make them. So to address that, the emphasis, it's not so much that you can't make the Kruvim, and it's not so much you can't make them anywhere else, but it's more that you can't make Kruvim replications, replicas of Kruvim, and representations of Kruvim, you can't make them in a place where they don't belong. This world is not a world of Kruvim. This is a world of human beings, not a world of angels. This is a world of Gashmias, not a world of Ruchnias. And the Pasuk itself says, Loisasun iti. Iti. Don't make that which is together with me. And this is the giveaway. As Rashi says again at the end of Yisrael, Loisasun demus shemashai hamasham shem lofanai bamorim. You cannot make a, a image, a replica, a representation of these angelic spiritual beings that serve me on high. And the Kruvim, we're told, you know, are up there on the Kizayah Kavit, they go all the way to the highest of heights. They're not low-level Malachim, they're high-level Malachim. This is big stuff. So it's not so much that we're not allowed to make Kruvim, but we can't make Kruvim down here. Down here we can't make Kruvim, because the Pasuk is telling us, Loisasun Iti. You can't make a replica of that which is by me, belongs to me, is in my realm. The Kruvim are Hashem's Mishamshim, says Rashi. Hashem's servants, Hashem's attendants. We can't, and they're up there by the Rebbein Shalalim, with, with Akash Baruch, we can't make Hashem's attendants down here. It doesn't pass, it's incorrect, it's the wrong thing to do. See, Isra again, let's get this klar. This is not per se making Kruvim. The Isra is making Kruvim down here. Down here. The Kruvim don't belong over here. So let's take that a step further. If the Isra of Loisasun, Elohei Chesav Eleazov, is E.T., because there are things that are by God, they're up by God, they're serving God, they're Hashem's attendants, you can't make them down here. So why Taka then are we not only allowed to, we're required to make them in the Arn Kodesh, on the Arn Kodesh, in the Kodesh HaKadoshim. How could that be? We're taking Hashem's attendants, we're bringing them down here? The answer is one and only answer, something which is very clear, and very gishmak, and very eye-opening. The Territ says, why is it that what we can't do anywhere else, which is make the attendance on high, down here, because we're bringing them down here, why are we required to do the Kodesh HaKadoshim? Because, Rabbi Isai, the Kodesh HaKadoshim is not down here. The Kodesh HaKadoshim is not in this world. Not in Olam HaZeh. The physical space the Kodesh HaKadoshim occupied was not really part of our physical world. It was, in fact, that paradox that we were discussing earlier. It was a defiance and in defiance of our world. The environment, the area of the Kaidash Gashem did not really exist down here. It wasn't part of this world. And in fact, the whole Mishkan is sort of there in a way to give a framework, 
a misgeres for a shtik himmel, a piece of heaven to sort of somehow exist down here, to pull off the impossible. The Kaidish Kadashim was an area that looked like it was in space, that was really out of space. Not outer space, but out of space. Not of this world. And as we know, Chazal tell us, Kaidish Kadashim lo yihoyo It was something that could not be measured. It defied dimensions. It was dimensionally transcendental. It would seem to be bigger on the inside than it was on the outside. It was the actual bona fide, uh, you know, real life example of something that could actually be, be bigger on the inside than on the outside. That was the Kaddish HaKadoshim. And it wasn't just Amanes. It wasn't just like a crazy miracle that Hashem pulled off all the time. It was because the Kaddish HaKadoshim was not down here. It wasn't down here. It belonged to the realm of the infinite. Therefore, it's not banned by finite, not banned by dimensions. It belongs to a different realm. And that's what was pulled off in the Mishkan and the Beis HaMikdash. We pulled off the impassable. We had a piece of the infinite down here within the finite. It's Enam and Amida. If you measure it in the inside, it ends up being bigger than if, if you measure it from the outside. The crew, their wingspans could not um, be accommodated by the physical space of the Kaddish HaGadoshim. And that's why there we make the Kruvim. That's why Dafka over there were allowed to make Kruvim and required to make Kruvim. Because it's not a violation of Loisas and Eti don't make down here, that which belongs up there, we are up there. The Kodesh is up there. It's something that is supernatural. It beyond, it's beyond Teva, breaks through the confines of Teva. It's not limited to Teva, it's not beyond Teva, because it's not within Teva. It's outside of Teva. This is what the Mishkan was. The Mishkan it, it all comes down to, the focal point of the Mishkan is the Kodesh HaKadoshim and the Arn Kodesh. And the focal point and the whole vart of the Mishkan was what? It served its primary function. It served a purpose, and its primary function was to allow the infinite to somehow manifest and 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 have a nexus and a focal point within the finite. That's what the Mishkan is all about, and that's why, in fact, when the the Pesukim, the Torah, in this week's parsha. In discussing the Kalim, the vessels that were put into the Mishkan, it starts with the, the Arn Kaidish. We start with Arn Kaidish, we go from the Arn Kaidish to the, to the Shulchan, and we go on from there, the Menorah. The order of the Kalim is the order of the centrality of those Kalim to the function and the purpose of what the Mishkan was all about. The Arn Kaidish comes first, because the Arn Kaidish with the Kruvim is what the Mishkan is all about, to bring a, a Shtik Himmel, a piece of the infinite down here. Now, that sounds nice when we say it, but if we think we understand, we don't really understand it, because we can't grasp the infinite. We can't grasp things that are beyond, you know, the dimensions of time and space. We can't think about it, we can't grasp it, we can't visualize it, we can't dihar it. And yet, that's what the Mishkan did. You know, if the curtains parted, I don't know if we would see the Arn Kodesh even. I don't, if, don't, I don't know if we would see the Kruvim. Good, yeah, I understand the Chazal said... Say that sometimes this, the, the Kruvim were embracing and not embracing when they broke into Beis Hamikdash. They saw the Kruvim were embracing. At that point, the Shechina had departed. So when the Shechina departs, it's not really transcendental anymore, dimensionally transcendental. Um, Lamaisa, the best way of you know visualizing it is that you can't visualize it. That place is beyond time and space, and that's why you're chayiv to make the Kruvim there, because you're not bringing down Hashem's. Attendance down here, they're up there. It's up there. The Kaddish Kaddishim is up there. It's up there. 
Let's take that a step further. This is what the Mishkan is all about. This is what the Mishkan comes down to. How do we pull this off? How do we pull this off that within the realm of the finite we can have the infinite? That within an, a, a, a universe which is governed by laws of physics, time and space and dimensions, we can bring pull something in that is beyond this universe. It's beyond time and space. So one would say, well, the Rebbe Yishom can pull it off. A Kosh Baruch can do anything. If Rebbe Yishom wants to come down, he'll come down here. And no, Rabbi say it's fakert. If it would be the Rebbe Yishom exclusively, solely pulling it off on his end, it wouldn't work. It wouldn't work. The only way to get the infinite down here into the finite and to bring the supernatural into the, into the natural is for it to come from Kla Yisrael. It's got to come from Kla Yisrael. Kla Yisrael are the only people that can pull this off and make this happen. Why? Because we are those who were moots of art, so we stand on the ground, our heads go all the way up to the highest of heavens. Our heads go all the way up, Rabbi Sai. We're connected, and we span both extremes at the same time. We stand down here, we have physical bodies, and we have neshamas that begin in our heads and go all the way up to the El Yoinim. We bridge that gap, and Kleis was capable in bridging that gap of so much more than we, re- we realize, so much more than, than we think we're capable of doing, we are capable of creating a mukam, an environment, a miskeras, a framework, and a structure over here for the infinite to come in and to, to, to be responsible for that. We can pull that off. We have the kalim, we have the tools to do it because that's how we ourselves are built. And that's why the Mishkan has to come dafka from Klai Yisrael. The Mishkan has to come from Klai Yisrael, it has to be built from Klai Yisrael's funds. Va'asuli Mishkan, Mikdash rather, Va'asuli Mikdash B'Shachanti B'Soycham. When can the Shechina come? When can we bring the infinite to the finite? When can we bring a Shtik Himmel? A Kaidish HaKadoshim, an Arn Kaidish, which is Einam and Amida, which is beyond space, beyond time, which can't be measured. Which you can have the crew from there because it's really down, it's not down here, it's really up there. When Klai Yisrael puts in the effort, when Klai Yisrael is the one that's doing it, and when it's Kleistral's endeavors, when it's through Kleistral's hands, because our hands, when they do things, are not just doing physical things with physical hands, they're hands that are powered by, infused with, and, 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 and directed by our spiritual component, our neshama that goes all the way up. These are hands that are Magia Hashemaimo. We, through our actions, if we do it right, with the right Kavanas, and with the right commandments, we can actually pull this off. And only we can pull this off. If the Rebbein Nishalayla makes the Mishkan, if the Mishkan, the Mikdash, comes from HaKadosh Baruch Hu's guilt, comes from HaKadosh Baruch Hu's money, if it's the Rebbein coming in a unilateral way, one-sided, coming in here, it destroys this world. It destroys us. It destroys our environment. Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu is infinite. And we're finite. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he comes in, he's mevatel everything. He's mevatel everything. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh. He's Neira Sehilois. He's Kel Elyon. The Rebbeinu Shalaylam. Ein loy guf, ein loy demus haguf. Is kol kulei kadosh. And, and, and. Neira and Niskov, if HaKadosh Baruch Hu on his own comes in here, that's to, the totality of, of, of Ruchnis, the totality of, uh, above Ruchnis even. The Rebbeinu Shalom, who's the Mokham, for everything comes here on his own. When the Shekhinah comes in, that obliterates things, that destroys things. When it's not coming from us, when it's not coming from us, 
And it's not coming from us, A, through our own efforts and endeavors, and B, in, 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 in a way that we're supposed to be doing it, that we were commanded to do it. And just to step sideways for a moment, this is why one of one of the reasons why none of the Navi'u are blown away, because they're trying to create a miscarriage for the Shekhinah to come in here, but Asher Lloyd Siva they weren't commanded to do this. They can't create the misgeres from their own kalim, from their own devices to bring the shechin in. They weren't commanded to do this. This is not something that Basr Vadam was given to do. So the shechina comes in on its own without being grounded in them because they weren't supposed to do this and they get blown away. They get blown away. For the infinite to be able to come into the finite, we need Klaistro, who bridged the finite and the infinite, we need us coming with our own actions and as having been charged, commanded with this by the infinite himself. That means now the, we're, 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 we have the Kalim and those Kalim are given the, their, their instructions, their marching orders of Kalim and now our Kalim, our tools can now bring this out and carry this out and fulfill this. And this is the Pshat the Pesach that we say, this Pasik at the end of 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 um of uh Rashi tells us that this is the Pasik, this is the capital that Maisha said when they erected the Mishkan. And Maisha gave them a bracha, Your handiwork, Kainaneu, should be a what? A kainen, a base, a foundation for the Rebainishalim, should be able to bring the Rebainishalim into this world. And that's what the Mishkan is all about. It's about our efforts, our actions, our funds, our money, our shliach b'tzalel, and Uri ben Chur, creating an environment in the realm of the finite which can house the infinite. That's what Rabbi Yisai, the Mishkan is all about. Comes down to the Kaddish HaKadoshim, comes down to the Arn Kaddish, comes down to the Kruvim, comes down to that area which is Enam and Amida. And it comes down to the fact that Kleist was the only one that could pull this off. That's why the funds have to come from us. It's not just, you know, Moshe Rabbeinu snoring, of course. Not the Rebbeinu saying, oh, let's get the money from the Yidin. Because if that was the case, Akash Baruch can just as easily supply the money on his own. There's no problems with that. Hashem can create the money. Send money down from Shemayim. Let it rain gold coins. But no, but has to be V'yichuli Truma Lilashmi. It has to be Kleist giving the Truma because we're the only ones that can create this framework. With the hands that we have and the instructions that we're given, we can create the infinite within the finite. We can create the supernatural within the natural. We can bring nace into teva. We're the ones that are capable of bringing nace into teva. Through our hands, when they're done, when they're done with the right kavanas, and those kavanas require an instruction from the Rebbein Again, that's why none of you are blown away. When they're done with the right kavanas, we can bring nace into teva. And with this, we can answer another question, which is, it says, by the menorah, the menorah has to be mikshah zahav, hammered out of one solid piece of gold, all the branches, and the bottom part, the top part, had to be chiseled out of one piece of gold, it couldn't be soldered together. And Rashi brings in, famously in this week's parasha, the Moshe said, how are you supposed to do it? It's impossible to do. Rebosh says to Moshe, okay, throw just take a kikar zav and throw it into the fire and the whole thing will come out. Maisha did it, threw it into the fire, the whole thing came out. And the, it's a pella. Question's obvious. If anyway, it's going to happen derech neis. So why isn't the Rebbein just making himself? What's the point if Maisha's unable to do it? If Maisha throwing the gold into the fire and coming out on its own? Rebbein you make it. Why, why, why isn't Maisha throwing it into the fire? 
The answer is it's Huadavasha Dibarnu, the aside of the Mishkan. The aside of everything that's happening in the Kaidash Akdashim and the Arn Kaidash and the Kruvim, what it all comes down to is that Klaisro is capable of through our actions pulling off Nisim. Although it only may look to us that we're capable, we're limited, we're bound by the laws of physics, the laws of nature of Teva, the whole Yisoyed of the Mishkan is not only our actions are pulling off supernatural things all the time, are working outside of time and space all the time, we're the only ones that are capable of doing it. We're the only ones that are capable of bringing Nase into Teva, of bringing the supernatural into the natural. And if not for us, there is no Mishkan. If not for us, there's no Vishachanti Besoicham. Bisoicham, through their efforts, through their donations, through Davka Klai Yisrael, not me. That's how the Shekhinah is going to come. And what an amazing takeaway to take into our mikvah today. If you're listening to this, well, in Eretz Yisrael, we still have about an hour to go to the mikvah, to all of our listeners out there in Eretz Yisrael. If we're listening in Philadelphia or other areas, we've got a lot of time to go to the mikvah. We have time to have even a bowl, perhaps, of Erev Shabbos challenge while we listen to this. And such an amazing sight to take to the mikvah, to take the challenge Friday night, Shabbos afternoon, and those challenge leftovers, might say Shabbos, Rabbi say that. This is who we are. This is what Klai is all about. Bringing Nason to Teva. We can do this and only we can do this. And we do this all the time, not just when we're building a Mishkan. When we dive and when we learn and when we put on tzitzim, when we put on tefillin, when we light Shabbos candles, when we do acts of gemilas chasadim, we are bringing the supernatural into the natural. We bring something that is transcendental into something that's bound by physics. An awesome, amazing, empowering idea. So Shabbos Shalom and Thank you all for joining our special edition of the Chumash and Shanshir coming to you from an undisclosed location in Eretz Yisrael. And everyone should have a good Shabbos. Thank you all for joining. Looking forward to being back with everyone live in Yitz Hashem next week. Call to a good Shabbos.